Welcome back to another episode of the Rankable Podcast. My name is Garrett Sussman, Demand Generation Manager at iPoll Rank. And oh man, I am hyped to talk to this woman today because her world and her company is all over the place because we are talking AI. I am joined today by Krista Doyle, who's the Manager of Content Marketing, recently got a promotion over at Jasper. For those of you who don't know, Jasper is one of these really cool AI generative tools to help you really up your content game. And just Chris is an amazing follow on Twitter. I mean, she's been like, publishing all these videos of showing her play with the tool. She's a writer turned SEO nerd based in Austin, Texas. Uh, she's manages technical SEO and on-site content. Jasper obviously doing a lot of the content marketing, but by night she's building affiliate sites, podcasts, explores Texas with her wife and their dog, Franklin. Thank you so much for joining me today. Krista, what is up? Hey, Garrett. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so pumped to talk. Oh man, there's there's so much to talk about and so much to dive into. But before we even get into it, you've got like the weirdest story about you took some engagement pictures at a Chili's <laughs> restaurant and they went viral. That did happen. Yes, that is one of the weirder stories that I have. Um, so my wife and I got engaged in 2017, and we decided I'm like a huge. Um, chain restaurant nerd for some reason like I love a good chain restaurant so comforting uh Chili's is my fave obviously uh so we decided to take some of our engagement pictures at Chili's so we you know kissed behind the menu we did the feed each other chips and queso thing um and I just posted it on Twitter and tagged Chili's and yeah like Twitter did it think did its thing as it does um and yeah they went viral and uh, we got a lot of like, I think Pop Sugar picked it up and BuzzFeed and all these places. And they actually gave us free like chips and queso and salsa for our wedding, which was, which was awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Social media. Like when, when there's like positive social media stories, it makes me so happy into the chain restaurant thing. It's so funny. Like I love chain restaurants and yet the, my inner hipster is like, you're not allowed to like chain rep restaurants. So it's like this internal battle constantly. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I I feel like they've had this weird uh, renaissance the past few years, and in, in which they're like kind of cool again. Like they're almost ironically cool again. So now I'm like, okay, I can I can actually talk about this in public. Oh hell yeah, I'm all in. Well, <laughs> I I I mean, we could have this whole podcast episode about chain restaurants, but. I would like to talk AI because, well, since it's November, Chasper has been around for a minute, but ChatGPT gets rolled out to the public in November. And all of a sudden, it's like millions of people are using it and it's mainstream. And obviously, Jasper has an intimate relationship with OpenAI and Generative AI. Can you kind of walk me through like what the last five to six months has been like for you and the team there in terms of just what's going on in, in the, the zeitgeist of AI? Totally. So, I mean, it's been the most exciting whirlwind, I think is how I would describe it. I, you know, I think we all knew that AI would go mainstream at some point. Uh, you know, even before ChatGPT, we were already kind of preparing for a shift like this. I think we thought it would happen a little more slowly. Uh, none of us, it, it like took us by surprise, I think, that it happens so quickly. Um, and I mean, I can't speak for all my coworkers, but 
I think it has just kind of like, it's just kind of proven that this stuff is like, there's just now going to be forever a need for a product like ours. And it's just given us so much reassurance that like, Hey, we're on the right track. And now there's so much more opportunity. And, you know, I think the quote is like, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats or something like that. I think that's very much our mentality. Um, yeah, I think on a more personal level, like in my specific role, uh, you know, I started at Jasper in last September. So two months before ChatGPT, And um, I had to very quickly completely change my mindset around um, our competitive landscape uh, the strategy strategies that we were tackling, the type of content that we were producing, you know, because pretty pretty much overnight, um, our our main organic competitors went from being like other direct tools like Copy AI or Writesonic to you know now a few months later, um, Microsoft and Canva and <laughs> you know these huge huge players. Um, so yeah, it's just it's been I've had to really like be on my feet when it comes to to keeping track of all this stuff and um, trying to adjust quickly when it comes to, um, you know, thinking through our strategy and, and, and what type of stuff we're creating. I mean, to that point, I guess I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but I am curious, every marketer that I've talked to right now is completely overwhelmed. Like if you go on Twitter Every day, there are new tools coming out. There's new emerging behaviors. Like there's there's new content pieces and, and best practices and all that. How are you? How are you staying ahead of the curve? Like with social media, just like so much noise. Yeah, I we've actually had lots of conversations about this on our team because well, we all feel it too. You know, like none of us came into our roles at Jasper immediately being experts on this stuff, on the AI space. Um, so I think, you know, we've had to be just really purposeful in, we just need to curate who, who we, who it is we want to listen to. Like, you know, for me, um, I subscribe to Ben's Bites. Um, I subscribe to a lot of stuff from, uh, you know, the marketing AI Institute. And that's kind of like, I have my tunnel vision on these are the people that I'm choosing to listen to. Um, and that, that really helps a lot, I think. So I think that would be my advice to anybody who's overwhelmed and, and doesn't know where to look is just find the people who you trust and who aren't trying to over promise or try to, you know, just say things to take your money um, and just focus on what they say. And I, I think that's like the best way to approach it at this point. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. You could, you could go down the rabbit hole for hours, days, weeks. Yeah. It's, I mean, and that's, that's really good advice to kind of like zero in on a few specific people. Cause the, there's already like memes going around about how everybody, if you were like a proc, productivity guru yesterday like today you're an AI guru and like and social it's like it's hard not to like want to vomit it a hundred percent a hundred percent and I, I think that's something that 
you know, I, I always try to be really careful about, and I know that my coworkers, we try to really be careful about the way we present ourselves or present information online. Cause like, I don't ever want to come off that way. Like I'm learning about this stuff in real time, almost as much as the next person. Um, I just have like a really cool little window of insight. Um, but yeah, like that doesn't make me an expert. So I, I try to be really careful about not trying to come off like I'm on some other level or on some high horse that like marketers today can't get to because we're all just kind of in this together right now. And and to that point, I, I remember, you know, you had shared on LinkedIn that you were giving this kind of presentation to a bunch of like, a, you know, AI scientists and AI engineers and all this. So I, you're having these conversations with people who are in the field. What are they saying about like what's happened over, over the last few months? Because obviously there's a difference between the marketers and like the actual, you know, engineers who are working on this. Different conversation. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is like, we are really trying to at Jasper keep those lines of communication open between, you know, the more technical dev side of things and the marketing side, because they they're creating products for us that we use on our team. Um, But they don't, they don't know what we do. (laughs) They don't know how we are actually using Jasper in our day to day or or how we find AI most helpful. So I think it's it's just a lot of conversations around like, what do we do as marketers? And how do we actually find this stuff useful? What are actually our pain points? Um, because yeah, I think it's, it's always so hard, especially with the technology that's new, where it's like, you want to run hard with what's fancy and cool and flashy, but that might not be what's always best for your actual customer. So I think there's a lot of like trying to find that balance between being super innovative and running with all the new technology. And then also like, okay, but we have to make sure that this is actually useful for people like us in marketing. And and to that point specifically, like you, you nerd out on tech SEO and SEO in general, and that's generative AI you know, democratizes content creation in a lot of ways. But I'm really curious from an SEO perspective, how do you think tools like Jasper and all the proliferation of all of these tools will ultimately impact SEO? Like, are you already thinking about like what's going to happen in the next year, five years with all this stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's the question of the hour, right? Um, That's, it's always top of mind for me. a, because I do SEO and content every day just in my field, but then also I work at a company that is creating these tools and, and you know, so that are trying to help us do our jobs better. Um, and so I'm always thinking about it from a few different angles, but I think that I see a few different things that could potentially happen. Um And some of this stuff is already happening anyway, but I think that AI will just accelerate these trends. Um, But basically, I think that we're just all going to be forced to really step up our game when it comes to what we're creating, why we're creating it, um, and, you know, how how good it is. And because the serfs are going to get so much more competitive, like people can now create as much content as they want. Uh, 
they could go really hard on it if they wanted to. Um, that's not always the best thing. That's not what we recommend here at Jasper, but some people will do that. And that's going to create a lot of noise in the serps. That's going to create a lot more competition, um, which is going to force uh, people who do care about their, their brand's content to take a step back and really think about, okay, now here's all this stuff that's happening. Here's how competitive this now is. Like, what do we do now? How can we really change our approach to, um, to create stuff that's going to cut through that noise? Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of SEO and content marketers who have to kind of take a step back and just reevaluate what they're creating it, what they're creating and why they're creating it. Um, and along with that competition, something that I already see happening is a growing need to diversify, um, diversify away from like a blog only content mix. Because, you know, when I'm search when I'm researching a keyword right now, like some keywords will return mostly video, a few site links, but then also like a LinkedIn article, uh, a link to a TikTok video, you know, and then Medium and Reddit. And there's just all, now there's like all this other competition just for the space. So I think along with that competition is going to um, come, you know, okay, cool. So there's like three site links for this keyword. Um, what do I need to be doing? LinkedIn? Like, what do I need to be doing on TikTok? I, I just think there's going to be a lot of diversification of your content mix, which is already happening, right? That's like already a thing. But I do think that um, just the sheer volume of the competition coming is just going to accelerate the need to think about that kind of stuff. Um, so I think those are the two like more traditional changes I can see happening. Um, but I'm also thinking a lot about like, what does it mean to show up in the results from an AI chat bot now? Um, you know, like if I'm searching for how to use AI in marketing um, and I want Jasper to show up in the little paragraph that it returns, like, what does that mean? Um, how do I, how do I get that to happen? Can I get that to happen? So like, how do I control um, how do I control how other sites are talking about our brand in a way that makes sure like a chat bot is going to, is going to return us for that specific, um, search phrase or keyword or whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that will also become a thing that SEOs and content marketers have to think a lot about. It's uh, you touched on so many interesting points and to, to 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 that to like what you were saying. It's it's so hard to predict what search is even going to look like in the next few years. And like SEOs, you know, even if it's technically not search engine optimization because you don't have the same sort of control with a Google search as you do with an existing you know, large language model and what it's been trained on, we are seeing, you know, OpenAI and ChatGPT integrate, you know, these plugins that can crawl the web. And, you know, yeah. to your point about like the changing nature of the SERPs, like it isn't just text. There are, and I mean, you know, I know Jasper mostly primarily focuses on text, but there is image AI and video AI coming and all yeah. of that. And 
it's just such a it becomes that much more overwhelming and complicated. But for the the text part, the generative AI text part, what is Jasper's philosophy that you tell your users in the context of SEO? Like how to use generative AI? Like what are some of the best practices? Um, and how are you thinking about it? So I think the biggest thing is that we just really want to make sure that people know there's a way to use it responsibly and know there's a way to use it irresponsibly. So, um, you know, we really don't want people flooding the internet with just a bunch of junk content that has no thought or hasn't been edited at all, um, you know, and just isn't good, A, because that's not going to perform for them. Um, and then B, just because that's not who we want to be as a brand, right? Um, and I think the best practices would probably be um, using it as an assistant, not as a full solution. So you should not be using AI with the expectation that it's going to produce 100% ready to publish content that you can just load up and hit publish. Um, this is a way for you to um, make your process easier. It's your brainstorm buddy. It can, it has tools that can help you, um, you know, make your writing a little clearer. Um, it can shorten your text. It can lengthen your text. It can, you know, help you get there. But, um, you know, with that time saved, you shouldn't be cranking out more and more and more and more and more endless content. You should be using that time to make your content better. So, you know, I think some people are scared that, well, if this helps you write faster or helps you create faster, then people are just going to be flooding the internet with junk. But the reality is that it should really just be giving you back time so that you can focus on all the fun parts. Cause like, I hate writing. <laughs> like I hate getting to that first draft or, um, you know, banging out that first outline. It's just the worst. And so to me, the fun part of creating something like a blog, let's say, is like all the puzzle piecing that you get to do after that. Like I love finding experts, piecing in their advice, their quotes. I love talking to customers, piecing in their stories and their experiences, um, creating cool graphics. Like, I, I just think that there's so much more to creating content than writing that like this really helps you get to focus on all the fun stuff. Um, so I think that is our guidance mostly is that this should just be a tool for you to cut out all the crappy parts of writing and take back your time and that where you can actually focus on being creative. Um, that's, that's our, that's our typical guidance um, for the most yeah. part. You know, I, I, I got to get meta here for a second. I'm, I'm so curious and, and I would want to understand one way or the other. Two questions. One, 
do you use Jasper internally for the content you're creating? And two, you've got a badass newsletter that you just started as well. Uh, not another AI newsletter, which y'all should definitely go subscribe to because Chris's voice is very clear. But do you do you use Jasper for your newsletter? I, okay, one more time. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. People ask me this a lot. I feel like it's there. People are very curious about how people at Jasper actually use Jasper. Um, so I do use it pretty much every day. Um, I so our Chrome extension, it kind of it works in almost every site that you can use. So um, I use it a lot when I'm editing blogs and Webflow. Um, it's similar to how you might use Grammarly or something like. Um, we have a little drop down where you can, you know, highlight text to improve it or, you know, shorten or lengthen it. Um, and now you can actually translate it, which I haven't had a use case for that yet, but, but I hope to. Um, so, yeah, so I use it quite a bit for editing blogs um, or, you know, writing emails. I've even used it on Twitter before. Um, and I use Jasper chat to do some te more technical stuff like, create schema. Um, I use it a lot to do Google Sheets formulas, which is super helpful. Um, and then we actually just released our API, which I'm really excited about because now I get to build my own fun things. Um, I'll be using it for some, you know, programmatic SEO projects. Um, and then I'm actually going to try to build some my own like content automation tools to, um, to build, you know, content briefs and content outlines kind of at scale. So we'll see how that goes. That's my next big uh, experiment with this stuff. So with the newsletter, because I know you guys, one of the big things with AI content is being able to enjoy, you know, having to maintain consistency and adjust your brand and voice. And you have a very strong voice. I know Jasper just came out with like this whole brand voice feature. Do you, can you tell me about it? And also like, do you, do you use it on your newsletter? Is that your voice or is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, that would be so cool. Uh, I, we just released it. So I have not yet used it in my newsletter, but in theory you could, right? So essentially our brand voice feature, um, it allows you to, you can upload your own brand voice documentation and materials um, for it to learn from. You can, um, I think I could send it like a blog URL of something I've written and, 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 you know, it could pull from that blog, like here are the brand, the voices and the tones that we're detecting. And then I could say, cool, set that as my voice. Um, and then that would carry over into like our Chrome extension. So if I'm writing in Webflow, like that will follow me there. If I'm writing in Gmail that follows me there. Um, if I want to use it in Beehive for my newsletter, I, I, I should be able to do that. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. And, and for brands, you know, um, not only can you do that, but you can upload information about your products, about your team, um, for it to reference in stuff that you're writing. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I haven't even fully wrapped my head around it all, uh, but all the, the use cases and the testing that we've seen from, from companies who've tested it. It's extremely, extremely exciting. Um, so yeah, it's we're definitely entering an era where AI can get a lot more personalized, um, which honestly, like, let's be honest, it makes it so much more useful, right? Because it's not just this generic 
vanilla copy that I guess like people are so worried about like if every blog is written with chat GPT, it's all going to sound the same. Um, but yeah, we, we are not really in, in that era anymore where we're starting to get a little bit more personalized with it. That's what I think people don't realize too, is that where we're at now, like the innovations of companies like Jasper and all over, like is not going to be the case three, six months, 12 months, you know, two years from now, it's going to look completely different. None of us can predict it. You've been paying attention to all this stuff. Is there anything that you've been seeing, aside from obviously the brand voice features and, and the features that Jasper's putting out, that you're like super excited about, like emerging like tools that that or developments that you think people should be paying attention to? Yeah, I think there, there's a couple things. So uh, one tool that I really love outside of, you know, obviously I use Jasper every day, but I also am starting to use a lot of, uh, Descript. Um, and yeah, so you've, you've heard of it. Uh, it's, it help. it's so helpful for video editing for people who, AKA me, who are not video editors. Um, the fact that you can just upload, uh, a webinar and it can, not only edit all the filler words from your transcript, but also edit from the video. Like that is insane. Uh, so that's that's something that I'm really excited about. Just making stuff like that so much easier because there have been times in the past where you know I wanted to start a podcast at one point, but I didn't want to do the editing. So then it just kind of fell through the cracks, right? So um, so yeah, just like making things easier for people who want to create stuff. So I'm excited about that, tools like that. And then there's also all this really interesting stuff happening around AI music. Um, I don't know if you've seen all this like AI Drake and AI Jay-Z. Controversial <laughs> as hell. We talk about because our founder oh, yeah. is a rapper and it's like between image and copyright, I we can tap, tap into this briefly, but I am so curious like yeah. the issues yeah. there. It's going to, I think it's going to get messy for a while. Um, I think though that on the other end of that messiness, I, I can see there being a world where um, artists actually figure out a way to um, to get the rights to their AI voices and their AI music. Um, and then I think they'll actually start using it in their production processes. Like, why wouldn't you? You know, like if you can have an AI voice of, you know, why wouldn't you use that to help you um, create new things, uh, work a little faster? I don't know. There's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to figure out with it, but I'm kind of excited to see where that goes because I think that is an interesting use case that at least I had not thought of yet as far as like actual artists and musicians using it in their work. Oh my gosh. Like I saw on Twitter, Grimes actually said, that she would almost allow people to create music with her voice and that she would split the royalties. Oh yeah, I'm going to ask you if you were, and I don't know if you're secretly a famous <laughs> musician, I apologize for not listening to your work, but I am not. If, you, if you were, what would you do? Would you, would you license out your image or your voice to, for, for the big bucks or would you protect that IP? I think I would protect it. I don't know that I would license it out for other people to use that could get scary really fast, I think. Um, but yeah, I think I definitely would be experimenting with, okay, how can I use this like in my production? I, I, I think that would be 
that would definitely be what I, what I was thinking about. Um, yeah. I got, I got to ask too, like, obviously you are probably biased working for an AI generative company like Jasper, <laughs> but on a scale of like super optimistic to super pessimistic, the future of this type of tech, do you think we will ultimately, you know, good players, bad players go in a positive direction for society? Or are you scared about the negative implications like social media? Um, this might be a cop out, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say I'm, you know, I'm mostly excited and optimistic. Of course, I still have fears around bad players or what, what impacts we might see. Cause, cause yeah, like you said, social media, like that's, it's such a double-edged sword sometimes on the one hand. I've made the best friends of my life because of social media and I've gotten so many opportunities and made so many connections, but then also, you know, there's all these other negative uh, parts about it. So I think we'll, I think AI might, we'll see the same stuff kind of happen. Like, but overall I'm mostly just super optimistic about how this will impact our work um, and just allow it to be fun again. Yeah, I'm I, I'm actually with you. That is actually how I feel about it. I'm super excited to just kind of leverage all the creative opportunities of like, you know, I've always wanted to be the type of artist that I can't be. But now with some of these tools, you can create stuff that you never thought would be possible. So totally. Chris, uh, we, I, I, I can geek out with the, about this stuff with you like for forever. But let's do are you ready for some rapid fire rankings? Yes. Let's go for it. Okay, so we're going to put some music on. We're going to put on the clock, and I'm going to ask you these SEO questions of all of your top-ranked things. Let's dive in. So first off, rank your top three Diet Cokes is what you put. What are your top three Diet Cokes or di <laughs> Diet Sodas? Excuse me. Diet Sodas. Okay. No, you actually were correct when you said Diet Coke. Um, so this is my, this is my hill to die on, I think. Um, I think, you know, some people are wine sommeliers. Uh, I'm a Diet Coke sommelier, self-appointed. Um, so yeah, so I feel very strongly about my top three types of Diet Coke. Uh, number, I'll start number, number one. Okay. Number one, Fountain Diet Coke from McDonald's, always. There's something about a McDonald's Diet Coke that just hits different. Um, go try it, you'll see. It's just extra cold. There's something about the process that they use in their fountain. <laughs> I could geek out about this, forget SEO. Anyway, they use a different process and it's extra cold. For like literally, um, and then number two, uh, a cold pan over ice. So a lot of people would say just any other type of fountain drink would be number two, but no. If you get a cold can over ice, man, it you're in heaven. You're in heaven. Um, not a hot can over ice. That's garbage. But. Uh, so number three, then number three would be any other fountain drink from, you know, your gas stations, your other restaurants. Um, sometimes they're flat or uh, they don't taste good. They taste old. So, you know, it, it's hit or miss. But when you get a good one, it's a good one. Above the bottle. Above the bottle. 
above the bottle, man, a bottle does not hold the, the coldness. It, if it's cold enough, it's great, but it gets hot, man, too fast. Dude, okay, when you do your Diet Coke podcast, I want to come on and, and continue <laughs> to kind of discuss that. Okay, okay moving okay. on, rank your best SEO or marketing win. My best win, um, I think I would say the, I'll go with the first major win that I ever had because there's nothing like it. So, uh, it was my first job in SEO and, um, I did not yet know like what uh, attribution was from content. Like I did not know that you could know how much money you make from, from a, from a blog or a, or a page. Um, so there was, um, we were trying to outrank one of our major affiliates for uh, a bunch of keywords. Cause they were, you know, they held the top spot. So we were like, maybe we can outrank them and take some of that money back. So we did it. And, um, the first time it worked, it worked and it worked fast. And all of a sudden we were pulling in like, you know, 10 grand a month from this one piece of content. And, you know, the first time, that was my first time to ever like see, see that that was possible. And I was like, holy shit, I am addicted to this. Like you can actually make money from content. What the heck? Um, so yeah, so I think that was my first big win that, you know, standing up a page that fast and not only beating out our affiliate, which was our goal, but actually like seeing the money start to flow in and, you know, the team was super happy. And uh, I don't know, there's just nothing like that first kind of first fun, super fun, exciting win. I feel yeah. I'm going to date myself on this, but it's very much a show me the money sort of situation when yeah. that revenue light bulb goes out. Okay, rank, <laughs> rank your top three SEO tools. Um, then I have to say, uh search console ahrefs um and of course i gotta go with jasper hells yeah love it okay rank <laughs> your best seo trick or tactic so right now i'm like deep into programmatic um so we've been doing a lot of testing with that and it's super fun it really lets me tap into like my um you know my technical side, uh, my love of tinkering. Yeah, I'd have to go with programmatic. It's like the peanut butter and jelly to uh, generative yeah. AI. Okay, <laughs> rank what you love most about SEO. It keeps me on my toes. Um, you know, I think with SEO, you're, you always have to be learning. Um, you always have to be like keeping up with everything happening and it just keeps things interesting. You know, sometimes it's, infuriating and frustrating but mostly it's just it's just fun and and it keeps me engaged um and then i like that there's just such a balance between you get to be creative but you also get to be like analytical and technical and i i really enjoy that mix it makes sense i mean that also makes sense why you're why you're an ai same sort of thing <laughs> yeah exactly rank what is your best learning seo resource um twitter all the way um i i learned so much from people on twitter um and then i would have to say alita 
Solis's, I, I think that's how, it, Alita Solis's um, SEO FOMO newsletter. Um, man, talk about SEO is another, another field where there's just an overwhelming amount of information. Um, and I just, her roundups of, these are the articles that are like actually interesting and important, um, really helps keep me focused. Yeah, it's like Ben Bites for AI. It's like such a good exactly. separate. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so this is the most unfair question, but rank the one to three SEOs or marketers that you most like look up to, admire, respect. Okay, so <laughs> this is really hard, but okay. So the first three that kind of come to mind, they're all SEO content, I would say hybrids. So the first is um, Chris Tweeten, I think is how you say his last name. Um, he owns Spacebar SEO, which is a content and link building agency. But I started following Chris on Twitter um, because he was one of the earlier adopters that I that I saw um, using AI in his content process. Um, and he wrote this really great article for future.com, I believe it was, about how AI was going to impact SEO. And this was like a year and a half ago. Um, so he's just really, I just really enjoy when people um, aren't afraid to try new things and he's always very curious and um, I don't know I just really appreciate the way he kind of tackles like new challenges um, and new new techniques um, second I don't think you can really talk about content marketing or SEO without talking about uh, Tracy Wallace um, she works at Clavio but she also uh, has her contentment newsletter with Workweek. Um, which I always open and read. Um, she's actually a friend of mine, so it's weird to talk about her as like somebody I look up to, but. Um, Respect. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. That's why we're friends. Um, but I just love how she approaches subjects like content and SEO with so much nuance. Um, that is a must have for me. Like there is no one way that's gonna work for everybody and there's just there's just uh, Twitter and social media does not reward nuance, but um, but it's my favorite when I find that in a person, and I think it's actually what's most helpful. Um, but yeah, she talks about things like content attribution, how to set up your content team for content and SEO, um, content you know CRO for for blog and and blog traffic, and and I don't know, it's just such valuable information for marketers that isn't talked about a lot. Um, and then I think my third would be John Henry Scher. Um, he is someone who also, I think, hits that nuance button. Um, he talks a lot about like the future of B2B marketing and SEO. Um, and I usually agree with everything that he says and I learn a lot from him and I actually apply it a lot in how I think about the future of Jasper's content and SEO. Um, so yeah, I think those are those are the three that I've at least like been stalking for the past few months. Three, three great people and uh, John Henry, so, such a smart dude. Actually, fun fact, him and I went to the same high school, but he was like- No way six or seven years before me. So we didn't have like that overlap. I was like, damn it, because oh, yeah, he's okay. such a fun dude. Okay, and, f and finally, I got to ask, rank your number one cause or charity that you want to promote. So, okay, I would love to promote the Alexandria Zoo 
And this is a zoo that is um, very close to my hometown. So I grew up going here with my with my parents, my dad. Um, and you know, it was, it was like a special place for, for myself and my dad. He loved animals and nature and all that stuff. And um, <clears throat> we lost him last year. So I've trying to been, I've trying to been trying to find ways to, you know, be involved in, in stuff that he, he cared about. So I would definitely encourage people to um, donate to this zoo. And it also went through um, a bad time with the hurricane a couple of years ago. So they're still doing, doing lots of repairs and, and fixes. So, so they need it. So yeah, if you're, if you're feeling generous. That is, that is such a good cause. And, and uh, sorry if we lost <laughs> close to the heart. Um, you are such a fun, fascinating person. For those of you like looking for a newsletter, new newsletter, definitely check out Chris's newsletter. Um, if someone wants to get in touch with you, find you online, you mentioned it, but where's where do you hang out on the socials? What's the best way to get in touch? I am extremely online and you can find me on Twitter always. Um, my Twitter handle is at Krista K. Doyle. Um, and then I'm also like on LinkedIn uh, and I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter a lot. So, so that's your, that's the best place to find me. Amazing. Thank you so much for being my guest. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Once again, my name is Garrett Sussman of Apple Rank. This has been the episode of the Rankable Podcast. We will catch you next week. See you later. 